Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Guardians Weekly, Jim Rosenhouse, along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. One final time this offseason as we can put our hot stove shows to bed after today. As next week, we will join you from Guardians Spring Training in Goodyear, Arizona, as the Guardians get ready for the 2024 season. Pitchers and catchers have reported they are working out. The full squad reports early next week officially, although just about every player has been on the ground in Goodyear doing workouts and getting ready for the new season. So uh, really, it's just a formality that it would be the first official workout coming next week. But when we join you next week, we will be happy to be bringing you Guardians baseball on the radio later that day or earlier in the day, depending on when you hear our show, as the Guardians will take on the Reds in the exhibition opener, the Cactus League opener, next Saturday at 3.05, and you can hear it right here on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Good show lined up for you today. As always, a little bit later on, we'll be joined by the always entertaining Ryan Lefevre, longtime broadcaster for the Kansas City Royals, as we continue our look around the American League Central at the Guardians' rivals in the division for a postseason berth. And uh, we will hear from Ryan in the second half of our show in just a little bit. We'll visit with Stephen Kwan, had a chance to catch up with the Gold Glove left fielder, when he was in town for Guards Fest and talked to him about the season to come. But first, kind of history, I think, certainly in, in his world, for Stephen Vogt. He had his first official meeting with the media as manager of this ball club, not the introductory press conference, which uh, we had earlier in the off season. but uh, he's out in spring training. And on Thursday, along with president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, they both met with the media for the first time to talk about the spring ahead. And here's how things went on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a daunting task with how many people we have here. Um, but, you know, I was able to make it down to Arizona a couple of times throughout the offseason. So I get to know a lot of our player development staff and support staff, which has been really useful. Just not, not feeling like I've got to meet 250 people. Um but it's been really fun, and, and obviously we're here, and that's the most exciting part for me. Chris, with so many new faces on the staff, does it almost give you guys fresh evaluations of players who, like you guys talk about wanting to take bias out of evaluations mm -hmm. a lot? And well, not out of evaluation, out of decisions. Right. Yeah. So yeah. is does it helpful to just you have so many new sets of eyes on these players where it's just does that help? Generally speaking, we the more perspectives. And we can get on any issue, when, whether that's player evaluations, decisions, um, the way we run camp, the more perspectives we can get, the better. Now, at some point, we have to bring those together to form you know, either decisions or figure out what we're going to do. But 
I mean, that's one of the things I'm really excited about is that we have, I think, the combination of a great foundation that's in place with a strong culture and, you know, having done things a certain way. But then we also have this opportunity to learn and grow and get better from where we are and build on that foundation. And it's been awesome. Like voters contributed a ton to helping us think about things a little bit differently. Craig Alvernaz, you know, Kai coming back after experiencing things in different organizations. And that extends throughout our, you know, our neighborhood group. So, yeah. Steven, are there things that when you look back at your plan days that a manager may have done or said or um, managers who, who did or didn't do things that you felt were either helpful or not helpful that you'd like to try to implement as a manager? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I learned mostly from most of the people I played for, but Bob Melvin specifically, be yourself. You know, I think that's all any player wants to hear is go out and be you. You know, don't try and we're not going to tell you who to be. We're not going to tell you how to play. You earned your way to the big leagues. Why would we tell you what to be? And I think taking that and, you know, going off that fresh set of eyes, fresh start, I, I'm really excited for our players to kind of have a clean slate. I've never really seen any of them play as as their manager or as a coach, just as an opponent, right? So um, I want them to be themselves, and I've messaged that, and I will continue to message that. Have you thought about any, like, roster preferences you might have, or is it too early for that? Like, do you care how many? relievers or if you need a utility guy or you know honestly when it comes to the roster it's for me it like we're not even close to those decisions and so you know obviously you have a perfect idea of what a roster could like and then we're going to go through these seven weeks and that's all going to get blown up so i'm just trying to keep an open mind to all of that right now and um just w watch the guys play watch them work and get to know them what's it sort of say to you about this group that I guess position players don't even need to be here till this weekend workouts don't start until next week, but everyone was already here at the beginning yeah. of this week. It, it speaks to the players first and foremost. I mean, their work ethic, their dedication to their craft and they don't have to be here. You know, we don't pressure them to be here, but um, voluntarily they've showed up and it also speaks to this organization and the resources that are provided for our players. Uh, we've had people working countless hours giving up their entire winter um, to be here to help our players develop and get better. You know, I think of Larry Day, and I'm going to miss a ton of names, but Larry Day has been scheduling spring training days for the last two months. And, you know, we've been joking that this week has been, you know, negative two day of spring training, negative one day, and then today's go day. So uh, it's really fun to see everybody out here early. Everybody's looking great, and uh, we're, I'm really excited to get going. You mentioned at Guards Fest that this was still kind of sinking in and waves sort of um... – have you spoken with Tito or any other managers just about how how long maybe that process takes before you start to truly feel comfortable in this role? Uh, I haven't really spoken to anybody specifically on that nature um, or on that topic, but I think for me, it's just going to have to, I have to feel out my way of how I want to go about doing this. You know, I, being new and being open to suggestions and ideas, and I, I have a good picture of what I think it might look like, but that could change by the end of today. Um, and I'm open to that. You know, I don't think I want to set myself into this. I'm going to do it this certain way. I don't know what I don't know. And I always want to keep learning and getting better every day. So that's the approach I'm taking. One thing I should have shared at the outset, um, James Karachek has some shoulder fatigue, so he's not going to throw for a couple of days. Uh, that's the only, I think, noteworthy update uh, from information so far. So sorry, I meant to share that at the outset. Who else is like Espino? Mm -hmm. Espino, yeah, he's still on a rehab, so he won't be participating in dwelling activities other than his rehab progression. Is there anything like remotely specific that you'd like to see with 
Manzardo, just as he continues his progression. Is there, is there anything as a focus or anything that continue to grow and get better? He finished, you know, the season really strong. I mean, Arizona Fall League uh, hasn't had a ton of at bats just throughout his minor league career. So he'll continue to benefit by every at bat he gets. Uh, I know he's, you know, we haven't had a chance to sit down with him yet. That'll be coming in the next, in, in the next few days. But I know he has been focused on improving against left handed pitching, which is one of the things that, uh, you know, he has had intermittent success with in the past, but I know that's something that he's targeting to improve upon. Anything that? No, I mean, obviously, just getting a little look at him, you know, taking live at bats, uh, knows what he's doing in the box. Really nice kid. Um, really enjoy getting to know him a little bit. And I'm excited to to watch him play this spring. Have you been having one on ones? Yeah, we've just had individual players. Yeah, yeah, we've done all pitchers and catchers. We've okay. finished all of those. What have those been like? I know you've been the player in that scenario, yeah. but not. As much the, they've been a little easier. Um, trying to make the player feel comfortable. I remember the first one I walked into, and I my heart rate was through the roof. I didn't know if I was getting released or getting sent out, or it was a very intimidating setting. And so, being able to kind of make it not intimidating and comfortable for each player, um, it's also helped me. Now I can put a face with the name. Now I I know a little bit more about them. I've heard them speak, which I think is really important. And when you hear a player actually speak about themselves or their situation, it really helps you understand where they're coming from and kind of what makes them tick. So they've been really beneficial. Is there anything different with the plan for Bieber or Mackenzie just because of? They're both coming in without restriction. We'll be, you know, as we've done, you've seen us with individual starters who kind of had individualized progression. So they'll be either to each guy, which is, I think Tristan will be we probably built him up a little bit more slowly um, than maybe some of the other starters, but they're both coming to camp ready to go without restrictions. So is that how yeah, that would, yeah. I mean, I would characterize the same way. They both look great. Um, they both worked really hard this winter to get themselves to this position to come in with no restrictions. And we want to honor that by, you know, letting that progression take its course. Because of the innings with the three kids last year, it's the same with them. I know other years we've had, uh, or sometimes yeah. it's playoff related too with the extra load, but like with Bybee, Williams, Logan, do they get slower developed this spring too or not? I, I think, you know, for them, they're going to hit the ground running. You know, we're going to be mindful of their loads. You know, I think they're we're not going to go full speed pedal to the metal with them, you know, but, um, you know, fortunately we have Carl Willis who has do done that a lot for a long time. And so, we're gonna be mindful with their progression, but as far as we see, there's there's no there's no different differential in the plan for them. Tom, maybe to elaborate more generally, the way we're thinking about it is, is we are trying to make sure we're positioning each pitcher yeah. and player, for that matter, to have a successful and healthy season. Mm -hmm. And how do we uh, adjust each person's schedule to accomplish that? So, in so for some some of our messaging with young starters, like look. You're not trying to make the team on day one. So don't come out of your bullpens and throw, you know, no, don't try to throw 96 when you're throwing live BPs. Try to build your way into that. So we're ready for opening day and ready to be healthy for the balance of the season. So that message is different than for someone like, you know, whoever, Carlos Carrasco or someone that's really important in their career. Guys like him, Lively, Curry, Gaddis, is the plan to just stretch them out and then figure it out? Yeah, I mean, we're, our plan is to kind of stretch them out in spring, you know, at a, at a good pace um, and kind of have that build up. And then as they're getting built up, we'll have some clear answers on kind of what we're 
looking for for them to do and what role that they could fill for a team. And I think that'll kind of work itself out over the course. But yeah, the plan is, is to stretch those those guys out. I'm looking forward to the day when we have too many healthy pitchers so that we have to find spots for. So it's a good problem to have if we get to that point. But yeah, they'll, as Steven said, we'll stretch them out as starters because that gives us the most options. That's new manager Stephen Vogt and president of baseball operations Chris Antonetti. Stay tuned when we return. It's Stephen Kwan, Gold Glove outfielder, coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Four! I wish I was a better golfer. Four is an odd word to yell. Whoa, where'd you come from? It's me, Flo, and I'm here to grant your wish of Progressive taking $50 off your deductibles. Just choose the deductible savings bank feature and finish a policy period without filing a claim or having a driving violation. Great, but um, what about my golf swing? Oh, I just do insurance. Sorry. Sign up for Progressive and opt into more savings. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhaus back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Earlier this offseason, just about a month ago now, it was Guards Fest as most of the roster was in town for that great fan fest at the Huntington Convention Center, including Gold Glove left fielder Stephen Kwan. Back-to-back Gold Gloves after winning it again last season. A little bit off in terms of offense, but not that far from a tremendous rookie season for Kwan. And when we caught up with him, the offseason was winding down, and we asked him about that that offseason and just how quickly it can go sometimes as you prepare for a new campaign with a lot of expectations. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it flies every year, and I think every year uh, it goes even quicker and quicker. But it's exciting. I mean, being here, seeing all the guys again, it's like first day of school vibes. Um, excited to be back at it. Well, and you mentioned that, seeing everyone um, this weekend here at Guards Fest weekend. Um, what is it about that? getting together and, and spending some time with each other that's that's helpful maybe when you get to spring training yeah it's catching up you can kind of shorten up on like i won't say icebreakers but like you know how's the family how how are you doing you know what's going on like you can kind of you we, we talk about it here and then when we get to spring training we can talk about like some really important stuff you know like deeper get closer in relationships or like baseball stuff so this is like a good primer i think for what's to come when, when you look back at last year individually um, another gold glove solid season at the plate um, how did you view it, and, and what are you working on for this coming season to, to be even better, if you can? Yeah, I think uh, I was a little disappointed with how the second year went. I think it's you hear everything about sophomore slump, like you don't want to regress, you know, make sure you work hard, and you know, obviously a lot of things go into that. But that wasn't where I wanted to be. The team didn't do how we wanted to do. Um, so I took that into this offseason, like we talked about, working on some bat speed stuff to try to you know swing the bat a little faster. Um, try to be more intentful, have anticipation, be a factor in all of that. Um, we'll see how it looks coming into live ABs. You mentioned bat speed, and it, how do you get that to where you want it to be if, if you want to increase that? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like just working out in general. Um, there's a really cool bat speed program. It's it's tailored to, you know, you take a couple swings with a heavy bat, then you take a couple swings with a light bat, and each of those steps, your body's going to sequence itself to swing that bat hard. So then when you get that regular bat in your hand, it, it it's adjusted to both sides, and then ideally you're going to be swinging faster. So it's been it's been proven. Uh, multiple people have done it. So I've done it. I did it my first time in 2021, um, and it's my second time doing it, like, super intently. So it's, it's looking good so far. 
And is that the increased bat speed, is that to, to gain a little more power or does it help you with, with consistent contact or maybe both? Yeah, and as a fun, in a funny way, it's both. Um, you kind of trust your path, so the contact comes with that, and then definitely power. You know, obviously, if you have more speed coming behind um, the bat, it's going to go farther. So a little bit of both. I, definitely more for the power aspect, but it's it's cool how the contact also finds its way as well. Stephen Kwan joining us on Guards Fest weekend. Um, you look at this team and, and it's change, especially on the coaching staff side of things, and, and the new manager Stephen Vogt. Um, how do you look at that as a young major leaguer with a managerial change? Does it impact you in, in any way, you think? Yeah, it definitely impacts. I think having Tito in my first two years was a blessing. Uh, I'm just happy to have learned anything from him. But, yeah, it's going to be different. Um, you don't know what you don't know. So this will be a new regime. Um, I'm sure things are going to be great. I'm not worried about that. But different. it's definitely going to be different. Um, but, I mean, just as a as a fan of the game, I'm excited. Obviously, I grew up in the Bay Area. Vogue was an all-star in the A. So, like, I definitely know who Stephen Vogt is. My buddies were talking about it. It's really exciting. So I'm excited to see what comes from it. And when you look at, at where you are, you, you mentioned heading into your third major league season. Do you feel like a veteran yet? Or are you still on that young player side of things on a very young team? Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel young, but at the same time, compared to others, just relatively, I do feel kind of like the older guys, like, giving advice on kind of how things are going, and it's just crazy how, how fast it goes, how full circle it is, but, yeah, I'm sure on another team, I'd still be the young guy, but on our team, it's I'm feeling a little older. That's outfielder Stephen Kwan, and he'll be part of that outfield, and it'll be interesting to see who joins him in the outfield. There's certainly a lot up in the air in terms of who starts the season in both center and right field in addition to Quan in left. That's certainly something that will be figured out over the course of spring training. And again, we will join you from Goodyear next week for the remainder of the spring. Our shows will come to you from the Guardians Complex out in Goodyear. Stay with us. When we come back, it's Ryan Lefevre, broadcaster for the Royals. We'll talk Royals baseball, an AL Central rival of the Guardians. That's coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians radio network. is waved at and Bieber with another strikeout this time he gets Bobby Witt Jr. Bieber's 81 pitches deep through six he has struck out eight and he's working on a two nothing shutout. Now the one one pitch a swing and a slice job down the left field line fair ball it'll roll into the corner on his way to third is Fry he'll be stopped there and a double the opposite way for Will Brennan. And he continues to torture the club he grew up rooting for his entire life. Will Brennan in 11 games against Kansas City hitting just under 350 against the Royals. And a good piece of hitting there as he shot that ball down the left field line.
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly, and we continue this week our look around the Guardians' opponents in the American League's Central Division. This week, heading to Kansas City, and we are joined by Ryan Lefevre, the longtime broadcaster for the Royals. And uh, Ryan, great to have you along on what I know has been uh, a very active offseason. We would do a Royals preview, but maybe we should just talk about the big signing of Bobby Witt Jr. to a long-term contract. Yeah, good to talk with you, Rosie. It, um, as far as I can tell, this hasn't just been a significant offseason for the Royals since I've been here, but maybe in the history of the franchise with the number of free agents that were signed. The Royals addressed the starting rotation, the bullpen, an outfield need, an infield need. Um, Sandy Leone, who spent a little bit of time with you, was signed as a uh, non-roster invitee at catcher. So really you can say the Royals addressed just about everything on the field. And then after that, Bobby Wood Jr., our young franchise player, uh, player was um, signed to an 11-year contract as far as guaranteed years go, and it could be as many as 14. So um, the news just keeps on coming. And then on April 2nd, there'll be a, a vote to figure out whether we're going to get a new downtown stadium or not. But other than that, there's really nothing going on. <laughs> I think as as much news coming out of Kansas City easily, I think, as any team in the division. Um, you mentioned that the vote on a new stadium. When when you look at all the activity in the offseason, every team's trying to improve anyway. But is there more urgency for the Royals to do something this year, at least try and make it look good in, in the wintertime and hopefully have it carry over maybe then in years past it if you didn't have something on the ballot where they're trying to get a stadium deal done? Yeah, I, my answer to that has been, in a good way, the Royals have put the cart in front of the horse. And what most teams will do is that they will make promises that if we get a new stadium, these are the things that we want to do. We'll be able to be more active in free agency. We'll be able to sign our players to long-term contracts. Um, if we get a stadium, it's going to allow us to do that. And what our ownership, um, led by John Sherman, former Guardians minority owner, what he's done is he said, well, I'm going to do all of that in front of the stadium vote just to show that this ownership group is committed to being active to our level in the free agent market and, and keep our players so that players like Bobby Wood Jr. don't finish their career somewhere else. And so um, the timing is great before the vote on April the 2nd. Um, the Chiefs going to another Super Bowl, that's tied into all of this. The, the finance package includes the Chiefs as well, and they likely will just stay where they are with significant renovations and have that whole complex to themselves. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a very bold move by ownership to do all of this in front of a stadium deal. You mentioned the Chiefs, and we're joined by Ryan Lefevre, broadcaster for the Royals. Full disclosure, we are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl once again. Ryan, has it kind of become ho-hum in Kansas City that, that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, which I know is cringeworthy here because the Browns are trying everything they can to get there one time, mm -hmm. but it just seems like an annual occurrence now in, in Kansas City. How has is, how is the mood changed on a Super Bowl Sunday there, maybe as compared to that, that first time that they went back recently? I think everyone's doing their best to try not to take it for granted. Now, um, 
this is what four Super Bowls in five years and four in six years since Patrick Mahomes has taken over. So they've been in an AFC championship game in six consecutive years. This was the first one that was on the road. They had five straight at Arrowhead. Um, just to put it into context, I mean, the 10 years we've had here has been, has been pretty remarkable with uh, the Royals going to back-to-back world series in 14 and 15. We had not been to the world series in 29 years. Chiefs fans hadn't been to the Super Bowl in 49 years and now four and five years. You know, if you add MLS, um, our soccer team, Sporting Kansas City's won a couple of championships. KU basketball, you know, is always in the final four and they've recently won a national championship. So um, it's, it's been a really good stretch of, of championship sports lately. And, uh, you know, I try and tell my kids all the time, you, you will look back on this when you're an adult and you're going to say, man, we went to how many Super Bowls in how many years? It's been pretty special. And, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is a minority owner of the Royals. <laughs> about that? All and Travis the... <laughs> Kelsey, of course, is from Cleveland. And yeah. I'm sure Cleveland is buzzing just like Kansas City is with all the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift stuff. Yeah, a lot, a lot going on for sure. And, and again, we, we record this before the game, so who knows what the mood will be like after. But, uh, hey, getting back to, to the Bobby Witt signing, uh, we saw here what it meant when Cleveland signed – Jose Ramirez to a long-term contract. Now, he was further along in his career and, and had accomplished more than, than Bobby Witt Jr., but uh, at such a young age, it seems like Bobby Witt Jr. has everything that you would like in a franchise player. Uh, what is it to you that, that allows him to stand out and make this investment on the part of the Royals a really solid one? Well, this is where you and I have a, a unique advantage in that we see these guys all the time. We just don't see them between 7 and 9.30 or 7 and 10 o'clock, depending on how long, how long the game goes. I mean, we get to see them on the planes, on the buses, in the clubhouse, on the field. And so it's not an exact science, but I'm sure there have been some players over the years where you've thought, um, okay, Jose Ramirez, for example, he can handle a long-term contract. Or you look at another player and say, I'm not sure I want to sign this guy long term yet, just because there's so many things involved outside of you know what they do in between the lines. And with Bobby Wood Jr., um, as everyone seems to say these days, he checks all the boxes. I mean, he's, first of all, just um, talented with very few limits in anything he does. I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the major leagues. He has power potential. He's a, a, a good defensive shortstop that we believe is going to be a great defensive shortstop. Um, he has a feel for the game. He grew up in the game with his dad playing in the big leagues for 16 years. So there are a lot of things that just don't overwhelm him. I'm sure it's still exciting for him, but it's not overwhelming because he's, he's been around it for, uh, you know, for as long as he can remember. And, and then he has that it factor, which is, hard to describe but I'll use it this way and and Guardians fans can you know apply that to their favorite player but just a guy who shows up every day and um what what's their demeanor because you know you're usually sitting in the dugout or you're near the dugout when batting practice begins so am I what's their demeanor like when they come up from the clubhouse and they go up the steps of the dugout onto the field can you tell what they did the night before did they have a really bad game? Did they have a really good game? 
Or are they the kind of guy that when they pop up the steps, you really can't tell what they did the night before, one way or the other. They just, they just have a feel for the day-to-day grind of baseball. And, and they don't get too – well, if they do get caught up with the ups and downs of the game, they're able to wipe the slate clean before each new day. So that's something that I, for whatever reason, that's just something that I've really paid attention to. And not to say if a guy goes 0 for 5 and makes an error and the team loses that they're not allowed to be upset. But in order to survive, in order to give a guy an 11-year contract, maybe 14 with the options, you better be pretty sure that he's going to be able to keep his head on his shoulders with everything that's coming his way. And so that's a very long answer to your short question about why Bobby Wood Jr. is just not the right is not only the right player, but he's the right person for a contract like this. Yeah, certainly, exciting times in KC. Ryan Lefevre joining us, the longtime broadcaster for the Royals. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned uh, that's not the only move. A lot of moves made by Kansas City. Is there one or two that that really stands out in your opinion that can be especially helpful in in helping this team get going again? Because the last last couple of seasons have been frustrating for sure. I mean, the the easy answer is just addressing the the pitching situation, and uh, you know, going out and and getting some some legitimate starters that have had experience in the big leagues to be more at the top of the rotation. Um, our best starter the last two years, um, if you two years combined, is probably Brady Singer, who has very little major league experience all things considered. He pitched for Team USA last year in the World Baseball Classic, and I say pitched. He really didn't pitch much, and it really set him back early this season. He's probably our fourth starter this year. So, um, you know, we got Cole Reagans in the in the trade for Roldis Chapman with Texas, and he became our ace, and, you know, he's in there with um, Seth Lugo and, and Michael Waka at the top of the rotation. So um, not only did 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 the team improved the pitching both in the starting rotation and in the bullpen. But I think some of the younger guys can slot to an area that fits their experience. You're not asking a first or second year pitcher to pitch at the top of the rotation or get the three outs in the eighth inning or get the three outs in the ninth inning or get the three outs in the seventh inning for that matter. Um, now, now those guys have experience. They've had, ups and downs through those experiences, but now there's some pressure taken off them by bringing in some veterans. And um, one thing that hasn't changed about the game, if you can't pitch, you're not going to win. And the Royals were at the bottom in the league last year, not the very bottom, but toward the bottom in ERA, starters ERA, bullpen ERA. I mean, the, the pitching staff really needed an overhaul, and they got it. And when you look at, at the man in the dugout, Matt Quattaro, first year last year as a major league manager, what did you, did you see from him in terms of growth in that position? And now that, that they're starting to upgrade the roster, apparently, uh, how he can take advantage of that? Yeah, you know, he's, he's a very unique guy in a, in a good way. You know, I think the managers that preceded him, I could point to some sort of personality trait that they had that really stood out either for better or for worse. And he's just, he's just steady. Um, he's very smart, uh, but he doesn't lord that over anybody. He's also very inquisitive. I mean, he'll ask broadcasters, you know, what do you think about this? Or a broadcaster might make a comment when we're all just sitting around talking and he'll say, well, what do you mean by that? And he, he really 
I think he feels like there's there's a lot of wisdom that he has and even more um, that he needs to be a longtime major league manager. And so the, the best description that I've heard about Matt Quattrero, and this was, bef- this was before he got the job. This is when he was a candidate. And I called um, our late friend Dave Wills, the voice of the Tampa Bay Rays, and just asked him, you know, tell me about Matt Quattrero. And he gave a really interesting answer that did play out last season. Dave said when he walks into the room, he doesn't command the same attention that maybe Joe Madden or Kevin Cash does the two, you know, the current raise manager and the previous raise manager. Um, as far as flamboyance or just, you know, coming in and just, you know, um, commanding the room or whatever he said, but he said, but by the time people start clearing out, everyone is around Matt Quattrero. So the point being that, you know, when he walks into the room, you might not be, you know, knocked out of your chair by his presence or whatever. But once you get to talking to him, he's the one that you stick around and listen to and ask the next question because he's just so interesting to talk to. And it's interesting um, how much he wants to talk to us. So that, so that's my assessment of him. And um, I think for, for a young team, just the, just the steady presence every single day um, through the ups and downs, and we lost 106 games last year. That's hard to do when you're losing 106 games. But I think the players were able to go out and perform, and they really weren't concerned about the demeanor of their manager. They had a respect for him, but when the game started, they were just able to go out and play the game. Well, maybe some pieces are, are starting to come into place to allow the Royals to, to take a step forward. I know it's it's been a struggle to get there, but, uh, boy, it sounds like a, an optimistic offseason, and, and who knows, maybe more to come, especially with the, the ballpark vote coming up in early April. Ryan Lefevre, thank you so much for coming by. We'll see you out in spring training, I'm sure. See you soon, Rosie. Looking forward to it. That's Ryan Lefevre, longtime broadcaster for the Royals. Stay tuned. More to come after this. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. Two seconds left on the clock, third field goal range, and it looks like he's going to go with a five iron. No, wait. The quarterback is skating back on the ice. He's talking with his caddy. They're pulling the goalie. He skates off the fairway as the kicker lines off his putt. It's a breakaway. They bundle their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Touchdown savings, birdie goal. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states or situations. The pitch, swing and a liner to left, near the line. Pollock going over, plays it on the bounce, skips by him. Ricochets into the left field corner. Quan's around second. He's not stopping there. Pollock's throw to third. Head first slide, a triple. Jose Ramirez, a three-hit game, the pitch. He swings and rips another base hit to the gap in right center. Cut off by Kane. He'll go for two. Throw to second, head first slide, double. Now the payoff pitch to Judge. Swung on and missed. Slider away. Got him. And Aaron 
Judge down swinging for Shane Bieber's third strikeout. Naylor with a drive to deep right center. Away back. Gone. A no doubt about it. Bomb to the bullpen in right center. Now the one two. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Our final show of the offseason, our final hot stove show. Next week, we join you from Goodyear, Arizona and Guardian Spring Training. And don't forget, yesterday, single game tickets went on sale. So if you're looking for Guardians tickets, everything's on sale now. You can get season tickets, group plans, all that good stuff, six packs, voucher packs, and now single game tickets, including opening day. Those are on sale now. They went on sale yesterday at 10 a.m., and you can pick them up at cleguardians.com. That's cleguardians.com. And uh, last week we talked promotions. There's some great nights coming up. That's all on the website. So if you want to go ahead and pick and choose the favorite games that you want to go to, Get on it as quickly as you can to have the best seating availability and uh, just availability in general as uh, the Guardians get ready for a new season here in 2024. That's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, thanks to Brian Matze for all of his help in putting together our shows each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.